Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is my absolute pleasure to invite up one of my favorite, most favorite preachers. Because, like I said, you won't just hear a message from Catherine that says, wow, I am mentally stimulated from that, you know, intellectual speech. (laughs) You'll go away, I guarantee you'll go away with a, a seed of desire in your heart to know him more. And that is the most precious gift. So, Catherine, come on up. Bless you. Hello, friends. Praise the Lord. I really am. I'm so excited um, for what the Lord is doing here. Worship every time we come here. Tully, Jono, Sarah, it just is so beautiful. And I love to, um, the way I've watched, we have the joy of meeting with Naomi every Tuesday with all the other leaders and just hearing what the Lord's doing up here week by week. And it's beautiful. But I also love the empowering uh, heart that they've caught to really, and that Naomi's heart is just to empower, to, to see everybody rise up in the calling that they have. And so you'll hear or um, from many different people, but with a, a unified heart to move forward. So it would really bless us if you could be praying deliberately and intentionally uh, for Naomi and her family as, as she steps up and just does what she's already doing, uh, but with, with some more formal recognition. So we honor you and we thank you. Thank you for, for taking that on. It's such a, a joy and a privilege. Hallelujah. Our God is a wonderful Jesus. He is just so, so kind to us. And I so appreciated um, Dave's remarks about um, the the message that I carry of intimacy because I was thinking about this when I was back, I think, probably 13. I preached my very first message at youth group and um, we got like a 15-minute opportunity to bring a message and and I dressed up in my pajamas and got my bible and I spoke on having a quiet time with God and I thought about that recently and I realized that's actually been my life message has been us having an intimate relationship with God a real personal connection because when we get that we've got everything when we have a relationship with God, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to us. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so that is true. And, and everything that we do, all that we uh, do to get the message of the kingdom out, to see souls saved, to see the miracle power of God go out, and to see people connect with God, is all out of this knowledge and desire, this uh, revelation that if we personally have relationship with him, then everything we need flows. We, we find the one who is the desire of our hearts. I've just finished doing a series with COVID. I've been home. This is my very first trip since February. And I mean, that might seem like nothing to you. For me, I'm normally gone twice a month traveling somewhere. And so I've had the privilege at home of 
uh, just doing the longest series I've ever done uh, on what it looks like to, to pray. And if you'd like to have a listen to that, the very first installment of that came out. Uh, they released it this morning. Um, it's, it's the television program that goes all over the world. So the first one of our, my series on prayer uh, was released today. You can find that if you have a look on at We've got a new YouTube channel, Catherine Ranala Ministries YouTube channel. You can find it there or you can go on my Facebook page and you can just follow that every Sunday morning. There'll be a fresh one. I think there's probably about eight, ten, I haven't counted them. But it's, it's really talking about the practical way that we can take time with the Lord. Because realistically, we all know as believers it's a good thing to pray and read our Bibles. We know that. But it's also the hardest thing you will do consistently in your life. And the reason for that is because the enemy knows that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll man up on wings as eagles. They'll get a fresh perspective. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. And so the main thing he goes after is your intimacy with God. And he will do that through all sorts of deceptive, nasty ways. He'll bring shame. He'll make you feel like a hypocrite. He'll try to make you feel like you're not worthy of seeking his face. He'll make it seem like it's really hard to to talk to the Lord or make you feel like you can't hear. Uh, But I want to share a few things with you today. Um, I had the joy of sharing with some of the ladies yesterday a little bit about this. And I felt just to stay on this subject today because I really believe Uh, The Lord wants to encourage you and wake you up also to the tactics of the enemy that are trying uh, to um, keep you from accessing that river of strength. Even during worship, I was seeing visions of, of a river being released and the power, the destructive power of that river against all the obstacles and all the things that the enemy would put in the way. The river of God is flowing and he wants you to be fully receiving and um, being filled up to overflow. Hallelujah. So um, I was sharing yesterday uh, about... Um, some things that I had recently been recognizing. And Tom and I watched a movie. We, we struggle to find things that we can watch that are going to be, because um, I'm so picky. It needs to sort of be a true story or something that I'm going to like not be upset about or it's not going to have a whole lot of swearing or sex or blah, blah, blah. Well, this movie has one swear word, but the guy apologizes for swearing, so I'm not advertising the movie. But it was a a new Tom Hanks film that's come out. It was on Apple TV. Not selling Apple TV, but um, the movie is called Greyhound. And it's based on a true story of when the ships in World War II... Um, would cross the Atlantic, they were needed to go in convoys. Uh, so merchant ships taking supplies for the war, uh, ships taking all the, the troops across, all the supplies that were needed, would travel in convoys together, protected by destroyers um, from America that would take them across the Atlantic Ocean. And for the first half of the trip, they'd have 
um, aeroplanes from America that could help fly above them to recognize where the submarines, the German submarines were, and they could drop bombs on them. And so they'd have air cover from the submarines for the first half, and then for the last half, they'd have air cover from England. But because the ocean was so wide, there's a gap of about between uh, three or four or five days where they can't actually have air cover because it was too far from America and too far from England. And so they were on their own for a good space of time. And they called this space of time, this patch of water where there was too far from either country to give them air cover, the, the black pit. And during that time, the uh, German submarines would target the ships and I think during, between 1939 and 1945, I think there were about 70,000 ships were sunk. Um, and it was horrible. And so these destroyers, it'd have to be on alert, trying to protect all these merchant ships getting across the ocean. And one of the, one of the things that really struck me in this movie was halfway through, and, and I liked it because the captain was also a Christian, which made me happy, hallelujah, he was praying and relying on the Lord, and, um, but halfway through, as the submarines are surrounding them, a couple of ships have been lost, and, and they're recognizing the, the submarines starting to form the wolf packs that they'd call themselves, they, um, they began to tap into the radio waves, uh, the, the radio on board the ship of one of the American destroyers. And the Germans would begin with their psychological warfare. And they'd get on the radio and they'd begin to broadcast to all the, the um, sailors on the ship, we are the wolf pack. Don't think you're going to make it through the night. See how those ships have been sunk. We are here. You can't see us. We're going to sink you. Your wives are going to be widows. Your children are going to... And just going on with this intimidating psychological warfare. And as soon as it would start, the captain would say, change the frequency. And they'd be scrambling to change the frequency to block out this psychological warfare. And, you know, in Scripture, this is a tactic that was used. Um, in fact, it's been used since the start of time. Uh, warring nations would use psychological warfare against others. You could read it in Alexander the Great and all, all different ones. Genghis Khan, they'd all employ this psychological warfare. But in uh, the book of Second Kings... You can read about it in chapter 18 of 2 Kings. There's um, a, a really clear example of this sort of psychological warfare where Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, is coming up against Hezekiah and the, the kingdom of Judah. And he sends an envoy. And the envoy is named um, Rabshakeh. And Rabshakeh's job was psychological warfare. His job was to intimidate all the people, to stand outside the wall and say, Hear all you Israelites, listen to this. No nation has ever withstood the great king of Assyria. 
Don't trust your leaders when they say, trust the Lord your God, because you will not be saved. No one can save you from the might of the Assyrians. You might as well just give up. Let us take you into captivity. It'll be very nice in captivity. Much better for you just to come away with us rather than die here because you will die because we are so strong and your God can't save you. And it goes on and on like for a chapter. And um, he's skilled at this. And the, the, um, as the diplomacy goes on beforehand, the people are saying, can you please not talk in Hebrew? Could you talk in Aramaic to us? And they said, no, we're going to speak in Hebrew. We're going to shout it out so all the people who are going to die with you can hear it. And um, the purpose of this sort of psychological warfare, if you read about it, you can look it up on Wikipedia, psychological warfare, the purpose of it is to discourage, depress, and demoralize the other army so that they are more inclined just to give up and do what the enemy wants. And this sort of warfare goes on with us all the time. The enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy wants to use psychological warfare against you and I to cause us to go into discouragement and despair so that we're more amenable to listening to his lies and being brought into pain and shame and, and um, all the destruction that he has planned for us. I was, a few, a few weeks ago, I was um, in bed at night and struggling to get to sleep because I started thinking about something that had really upset me six months ago. And I started to think about it. I mean, something must have, I'd seen something, something had triggered me and I'm starting to think about it. And as soon as I started to think about it, I started to feel all the emotion about it that I'd felt back then. And all of a sudden, as I go down this track, reliving what had happened, I'm being re-traumatized all over again. And then I'm starting to write a speech about what I would have liked to have said, I should have said, and then then I practice that speech. And before long, it's been 20, 30 minutes at two in the morning before I realize what I've done. I've been taken on a merry dance that has robbed me of my peace and my joy and my sleep. And he doesn't play fair because when you're tired at night, you're much more likely to go down these ugly tracks because you've got nothing else to distract you. It's dark. You don't want to wake anybody up to talk to them to distract you. And so you're vulnerable, just like the sailors were from the wolf pack at nighttime. They'd come, we are the wolf pack. We've got to come and get you. Um, and, but the enemy does that with us. He'll come and he'll, he'll try to entice you. Come with me. Let's think about this. It might be sin. It might be unforgiveness. It might be a, a pain or something. Or something you've forgiven, but then all of a sudden he wants to bring you back into it. And when I was going through this, I, I said, help, Lord. It's my best prayer. It has always been my best prayer. It's how I got saved, actually. I remember in being in worship 
at a youth camp. And bless the Lord for the youth camp this weekend. Hallelujah. Thanks, Phil and Tolly, for um, your help there. And um, on youth camp, I just said, help God. I can't see you. I don't know you. It's very hard to worship someone I can't see and I don't know. Help. And that cry for help caused me to find him, and I've never been the same since. Hallelujah. I, I just had this honest cry, I need your help. Help me know you. And that night, as I'm going down these tracks, I said, help, Lord. And I, as I did that, I suddenly had a vision, and I saw a big, thick glass wall all the way down the side here. And on that side of the glass wall was all the things that people had done to me that were painful, were betrayals or hurts or slander or nasty things, all the sin that I had done, all the regrets that I had, all the people I'd forgiven. It was all over on that side, all the nasty bad things that had happened in my life that the enemy would love to just pick any number of them out every night if he could and let me relive it and re-traumatize me. They were all over on that side. And on my side of the wall was righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. That's why we're taught to pray, your kingdom come. It's decreeing peace, joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And anything that isn't righteousness, peace, and joy is actually psychological warfare designed to discourage, designed to take you into sin, designed to take you into fear, designed to take you into discouragement and depression and despair. So the moment you recognize it, rather than panicking, what we need to do is start to look at the light and ask the Lord for help. And what I discovered is the moment I asked for help, I saw what it was. And in recognizing this is the enemy's psychological warfare, I just started rejoicing. I'd say, oh, thank God I don't have to go through that anymore. Thank God I don't have to think about that anymore. Oh, hooray, I don't have to worry about that. Instead of going into, have I forgiven them? I don't know if I've forgiven them. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking about the situation again, and I'm going back down the path. He's tricky. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. You don't go there. You go, I have forgiven them. They're on the other side of the wall. Oh, thank God I don't have to deal with that. Hooray. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Your kingdom, come. In my, in my life, in my brain, in my bedroom right now, the kingdom of God come in Jesus' name. And learning how to guard our garden, our heart, is something that might seem very simple. But imagine a body of people who actually, uh, actually did what Proverbs tells us. And that is to guard our hearts with all diligence. Because when we guard our hearts with all diligence, what's in our heart will come out our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Very good, Tom. I, I need like lots of interaction here. Out of the abundance of the heart, 
So if you aren't guarding your heart and grabbing these thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, if you're not changing the frequency and shutting down the psychological warfare, then you are being robbed. You have these things starting to steal, kill, and destroy. And all you need to do is realize, hey, thank God I don't have to dance with them. Hooray. Hooray. They're on the other side of the wall. Oh, righteousness, peace, and joy. If I've done something wrong, I repent. I say, I'm sorry, God. Thank you. I'm forgiven. Righteous, peace, joy. Hallelujah. And it's a simple, a simple concept, yet many of us don't live it. Because if you talk to believers, what's in their heart comes out of their mouth. I'm guilty of this. If I haven't been guarding my heart with all diligence, but I've been going down those paths with the enemy who wants to try and discourage me, then if you start to talk to me and you spend more than two minutes you're going to hear about what's going on in my life. Oh, it's really good. It's terrible. Because I'm going to reflect what's going on in here, right? But if I'm guarding my heart, righteousness, peace, and joy, then the only thing you're going to find in my heart is righteousness, peace, Enjoy in the Holy Ghost. doesn't mean you don't talk to your friends. It's so important that we have friends, that we talk with one another, we bear one another's burdens. But we don't live in drama. The drama's on the other side of the wall. We live in peace. Hallelujah. When I first really intentionally, deliberately started practicing this, I had to remind myself, oh, how does it feel? not to have anything to be worried about. It's like, oh, peace. Without any drama? Like, there's nothing to... Wow. Wow. Because I've cast my cares on him. I'll pray every day about the things that I need and the things that need. But then I, instead of having to carry them and live in the drama, it's on the other side of the wall and God's taking care of it. Hallelujah. The, uh, this is simple, but I tell you, if, peop- if you start to practice this, then when you talk to people tomorrow, instead of having a cloud over you, you're going to have a sparkle. You're going to be filled with peace. You're going to be filled with joy. Your thoughts are going to be full of righteousness. Hallelujah. Um, as we were worshipping tonight, I was thinking too um, about First Samuel chapter 1. And it's the story of Hannah. And Hannah's been promised a baby from the Lord. She's got this desire. And the Bible tells us he'll give you the desires of your heart. I have this desire. I want to have a baby. And her husband, Elkanah, he, um, he has two wives, Hannah and Peniah. And this other wife, she's got lots of kids and is really nasty to Hannah, who's got no kids. And Hannah keeps trying, and every year it's just not happening. And then um, Hannah gets really desperate, and she goes to the temple, and she's crying and wailing and weeping, please, God, help me. Uh, And 
her husband over this time has tried to be a good husband and say, hey, look, Hannah, don't worry. Aren't I better to you than lots of kids? <laughs> and she's like, no. <laughs> but what he was doing was trying to get her to accept reality and just settle for what it was. Look, this is the way it is. Just be happy that you've got me. And you know what? That's also a form of psychological warfare where people and the, the voice of the enemy will say, look, what you've been hoping for, what you've been believing for, you need to just accept reality here. It's probably not going to happen. You've been wanting that for a long time. It's probably not going to happen. But, and it could even come as a sensible, kind sound. It's another form of psychological warfare to get you to give up hope and give up faith. You might have been praying for a loved one to get saved. And the enemy will come and say, look, it'll never happen. Just don't even bother. Keep trying. Or, or you might have been believing for a miracle. And, and the enemy starts to say, look, stop disappointing yourself. Why don't you just accept it and get on? You can do other things. Or you might have been believing for a promise that God's given you and and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And the enemy would love you to settle for less. But God wants to help us. Hallelujah. Even when we're under that sort of attack of discouragement, of despair that says, just give up hope. If you cry out, help God, he'll help you recognize that that's actually a demonic envoy that's been sent to speak your language to make you give up hope. And I really believe that that's a prophetic word for some people here today, that the enemy has come and he has tried to make you want to just give up hope. But God's saying, I'm here. I'm looking for you just to call out my name and, and I will be your ever-present help in time of need. I, I, with the ladies yesterday, I shared that as I was just having my prayer time in the morning, I was reminded of a secular song. And don't get upset if you don't like secular songs. Um, but God can use anything to speak. It doesn't mean that the person then becomes the guru that you follow or any nonsense like that, right? You don't take it that far. But God can speak through anything, agreed? And I, I was, I've, as I was just praying, I felt the Lord remind me of this James Taylor song. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care, and nothing, nothing is going right. Keep your head together and call my name out loud. Soon I'll be there knocking at your door. You just call out my name. And you know wherever I am, I'll come running. <laughs> To see you again, winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call, and I'll be there. Yes, 
you've got a friend. And, you know, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, hey, you just tell them, call out my name wherever they are, no matter what's going on, I'm there to be on their side. I'm there to be with them. And, and then even when you are feeling like everything's going wrong, if you call out his name, he is right there to help you recognize, hey, this storm is illegally squatting on your territory. This storm is actually not from me. You can start to rejoice now. You don't even have to engage with the drama and the psychological warfare that the enemy is trying to surround you and drown you in. Amen? Hallelujah. I, I, my prayer for you and for Glory City Darwin is that you will be known for your love for God and your love for people. That you would be known by your great love, that you would be... Um, people who know how to call out his name, to get his help, to walk in faith and joy and companionship with him, holding his hand, being continually strengthened by the river of God that every day is available to you, to minister to you, to bring you hope, to lift you up. He wants to be your help, your glory and the lifter of your head. And that's just not for the ones that you imagine are spiritual giants in the community. Sometimes people think, well, if only I could be like Tom or David or Naomi, I'm sure they pray five hours a day. I think they probably don't. Maybe they do sometimes. Probably Naomi does sometimes. But it's not about how long you pray or how spiritual you are. God is ready to meet with you and I personally every single day whether you've got 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, as much time as you give him, he'll fill it with love and help and strength and encouragement. But the fight is to actually make room for him. And if you'll recognize that that is the fight that we are fighting, and in faith you'll go after it and open your heart to receive him into your life, You'll go from that private time with him into a day of walking with him, talking with him, fellowshipping with him, being aware that he's there every minute. Hallelujah. And you'll start to develop a holy addiction where once a day is not going to be enough. Hallelujah. It's true. He is he's wonderfully addictive and he wants to help you. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for our people. I thank you for our church, Lord God. I've got some um, encouragement. You know, we, we've got, gonna, you're going to hear from um, Aaron and Beck coming up soon. Please don't miss that. That is going to be spectacularly wonderful. Aaron is overflowing with the Holy Ghost right now. And Rebecca is one of the most significant prophets. Um, she sits on the Australian Prophetic Council and she speaks into my life. And has given me some just extraordinary prophetic words. So I know you'll be very blessed. And then Mark Greenwood's going to be coming up later this year as well. Hallelujah. But we're all going to just be able to drink from this beautiful well of what God's doing here. But my prayer for every one of you today is that you'd take what we've talked about and that you'd stop tolerating the warfare that the enemy's been sending.
the psychological arrows, torpedoes that are designed to bring you down, bring you into fear and discouragement and depression because you don't have to fight those things. You've already been set free from them. The blood of Jesus has already put them on the other side. You've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we say thank you. Thank you for your mercy today. Your mercy is set in you every morning. I thank you, Lord, for people who have been hoping against natural circumstances, who've been believing God. I thank you. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. Hope in you, God, does not disappoint. And Lord, we give you glory and worship and praise for that in Jesus' name. I'm going to just pray for a few people in a minute, but before I do that, if you're here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with God, if you're not walking in relationship with Him, the Father is longing to grab your hand and, and, and to help you. He wants to be your rescuer. Every one of us needs salvation. You know, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that no one is righteous, nobody. But praise God. God, who knew no sin, came in the form of a man and he gave his life, paying the price for our sin so that we could receive his mercy, his forgiveness, his righteousness and become new creations, born again by the Spirit of God. And all it takes to do that is to receive this great gift of forgiveness, this gift of eternal life, this gift of salvation. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to be in relationship with him and have eternity with him. But only when we open our hearts to receive him can we take and receive this gift and become part of his family. Because he's not a dictator he is God who gave us a free will. He made us in his own image with the ability to choose and the ability to love. So today, if you're here and you know in your heart you haven't received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I'd love to give you that opportunity to say, yes, I need Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. If that's you, just wave your hand at me and I want to pray for you before we go any further. Is there anyone here? that says, I need to respond to Jesus as my Savior. Just let me see your hand if that's you. Okay, well, Father, I thank you for your presence here. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are making a way where there seems to be no way. And right now, I just thank you for each and every one that's been hoping and believing for a miracle. Father, you are God of the miraculous. And Lord, I thank you right now for your grace, your spirit here, releasing a gift of faith in their hearts to believe. And I thank you, even if people have said they're crazy, if people have said, uh, you know, don't, don't even bother hoping. I, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd grab a hold of their hearts and you'd refresh them 
you'd release fresh hope to their hearts today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of you. And we take it captive and we remind ourselves, thank God we don't have to be harassed with unbelief. We don't have to be harassed with psychological warfare. Hooray, I'm free. Hallelujah. And today, Lord, I speak righteousness, peace, and joy over your people. Those that have been harassed by the lies of the enemy that say you're not worthy, you're, you should be ashamed, that, that are being harassed by the enemy and reminded of their past, reminded of sin, that have been um, living with regrets and pain. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the entrance of your word that gives light and understanding, Lord. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that in your light we see light. Today is the end of those things having any form of dominion in their life in the name of Jesus Christ, the one we sang about whose name <laughs> all of hell obeys. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we say your kingdom come in their hearts, in their minds, in their life. Your kingdom come. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And Father, I thank you that this week, Lord, would be different for them. This week, they would live guarding their hearts with all diligence, refusing to entertain the lies of the enemy, the, the psychological warfare the enemy would bring against them. And I thank you, Father, for sweet sleep. I thank you for supernatural peace and joy. Father, we speak blessing over their marriages, over their families, Lord, over their relationships, their finances. We bless them. We bless them, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, come. And Lord, I thank you too for healing, Lord. If you need healing in your body right now, I want you just to put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. Now, it doesn't matter who you are. The enemy hates you. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. You know, sometimes people get the idea, I don't want to admit that I've got a pain or I've got something happening in my body because they've been taught there's something wrong with you if you do. No, if you've, if you've got pain or illness or sickness, it's probably because you're righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous so don't even try and figure out why is this happening to me just say thank you God you delivered me from them all and thank you father I'm the healed of the Lord by your stripes I am healed don't buy the lie of the enemy that somehow you deserve this somehow you've done something to earn this somehow you've done something and opened some door no the enemy has come to steal kill and destroy and we are going to celebrate the victory of Jesus and declare your kingdom come now Lord your will be done in their bodies on earth as it is in heaven now in Jesus name Lord, I say to sickness, go in Jesus' name. I release healing to bodies. I speak healing to <laughs> organs. I speak healing, Lord God, right now to each and every body part. In the name of Jesus, by your stripes, I declare healing, freedom now. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord. <laughs>
Thank you, Lord. Healing now. Freedom. Freedom in the lungs. Hallelujah. Oh, freedom in the back. Shukarama Sandara Baba. Freedom in the abdomen. Healing, 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 healing now. Healthy hips, healthy knees, healthy, <laughs> healthy skin, healthy ankles, whole, healed. Headaches go in the name of Jesus. Necks healed. Shokarema sinus healed. Ears healed. Healed in the name of Jesus by your stripes. We declare your kingdom come. There is no sickness in heaven, Lord. Your will be done. It is your will, Lord, to deliver us from all our diseases, to heal us from all our afflictions. Now, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be free. Be free now, today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Someone who's had an issue with their throat to heal now in the holy and the precious name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching, delivering, healing. Yay, God. How great you are. How great you are. Father, you are. You are so good. You are so good. You are our healer. You are our great deliverer. Papa, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. Give me a wave if you're feeling God touching you in your body right now, doing something. Yay, hallelujah, hooray. Healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for wholeness. Hooray, God. Yay, God. By your stripes, we are healed. Nothing is impossible, Lord. We don't pray sympathy prayers hoping something will happen. But no, God, you are the deliverer. Be healed now in the name of Jesus. Healing come. Cancer goes. Sickness goes. In the name of Jesus, by your stripes, we declare wholeness, healing. Thank you, Lord. Diabetes, go. In the name of Jesus, healing now wholeness healthy pancreases in the name of jesus healing health deliverance yay god you are our healer hallelujah thank you jesus wonderful lord well praise god i love to hear your testimonies because of the regulations i'm not allowed to lay hands on people but the holy spirit's the one that's touching and healing hallelujah and he is well able. And so we'd love to hear your testimonies. Please make sure you come and let us know um, what the Lord has done. I pray that you will take this and apply it in your life. Has that been helpful for anybody? Does anyone else ever get visitors in the night, try to come and take you down some tricky paths? Yeah, don't tolerate it. The Holy Spirit wants you to live free. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord.